Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up? This is AOK Radio signing on. And today we're going to be talking about a very interesting world in today's episode of the Kingdom Hearts 1 retrospective series. This world has a pretty interesting division in the community and it's kind of wild. It has a love hate for 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 sure, I should say. And for me, I really enjoy its inclusion in Kingdom Hearts 1 for a number of different reasons. And also, it's probably for a couple reasons of those same reasons, I should say, that have divided a lot of people. Now, to just address that elephant in the room, a lot of the criticism that comes from Atlantica, at least in the first game, I'm not even going to touch the second game that much until, you know, we get to the second game. And for me, I really actually enjoy the change of gameplay. I think it's really fun. And I know for a lot of people, they don't really like it. And... For some people in Kingdom Hearts 1, the gameplay can be hit or miss. Um, For me, I love how simplistic it is. And even as 2, 3, Birth by Sleep, uh, DDD, as all these other entries have come out, it gave me a deeper appreciation for 1. And not in a bad way, nothing bad uh, towards the other games. You know, it's great that each game has its own twist in the gameplay. And... With one having that fresh, original, you know, it was the first entry, so they had to, you know, each series kind of revised and improved on it. And it's just cool having each game have this unique set of gameplay to it that still has that base feel to it that started with one. So most of the time when I hear people talk about their issues with Atlantic, it's mainly just because of the gameplay where you're completely underwater. All three of you, Sora, Donna, Goofy, are turned into sea creatures, sea dwellers. So Sora is a classic, you guessed it, merman. Uh, Goofy is turned into a turtle because why not? It's actually kind of funny. Like he uh, is turned into a turtle also in the Lion King world in Kingdom Hearts 2. And Donald is turned into a half duck, half squid, which I thought is pretty crazy thinking about it. Um, See, Goofy he doesn't look as weird donald just it's like you're a half duck half squid why didn't you turn your whole body into a squid but then again i guess it would have been kind of weird just seeing this this octopus (laughs) that you you, you're wondering like okay who is this oh no it's it's talking like donald oh my gosh that's donald (laughs) but i get it you know to have this connection to the original character it would have been it was the safer bet I, i would agree uh design wise um, for me, I thought it was kind of cool, and I, I can understand people not liking the drastic change. You know, having it underwater, there's only so much you can keep intact from the uh, gameplay of the other worlds. So, of course, uh, hitting enemies is a little different because you're dealing with underwater. So you have all these different levels of uh, attacking now that you have to worry about, and You have a lot more missed combos, especially in the final mix version. So there's a lot of crazy 
changes that I honestly thought was cool. And I I wouldn't say it's biased because honestly, Atlanta, uh, The Little Mermaid to me isn't one of my favorite. It's not one of my favorite Disney movies. I don't I don't dislike it. I like it. I don't love it. But um, overall, I think when it comes to it all together, it's pretty cool. And the story is told in a way where it's a little odd. Like we have this story where it's a part of the movie, but not a part of the movie because for some reason uh, we don't got the prince. We don't got the prince in this. Like he's just, he's just void. And part of the first movie is chopped and put into two. And I don't know. I mean, I can understand it, but it's it's just weird. But I, I'm happy with the story that we got. I don't have any issues with the story. If anything, I think it was kind of short, but I guess maybe, I don't know. I got to look at it one day. I, I got to compare the stories of each game or of each world in Kingdom Hearts 1 and see which which is the longest one. Did they, did they just have a, I wonder if they just had a, a thought process and just a diagram of sorts just to see like, okay, these stories have to last about this much and we can't go over anything like that, you know, just to make sure everything's timed. But then again, when you get to the end of the, ga- of the game where the end level just goes on and on and on and on, it's like, did they really have to, did they have, did they really have to worry about timing or were they just trying to, because obviously they were trying to buffer the ending a lot more. And it makes me wonder maybe if they, but then again, the ending of the world really does need that, that craziness to make it feel like the ending. So it's a, it's an interesting topic and it's one of those things in Kingdom Hearts that I understand both. Honestly, I completely understand both arguments, but of course, obviously Atlantica is based off the setting of the 1989 film, loosely the little mermaid. And I say loosely based on what I previously said. So it's almost completely underwater. Uh, but we have a nice, I actually really enjoy the way they constructed Atlantica. It's pretty much as you see it in the movies. It's a rocky world with immense holes on its surface. Beneath the surface is an entire world of fish, merfolk, and other aquatic aquatic species that make up King Triton's underwater kingdom. Now, this is probably what it would look like if it was in Kingdom Hearts 3. But in Kingdom Hearts 1, unfortunately, like a majority of the world in the series, it's actually quite empty outside of the appearances of the Heartless and, of course, the Dolphin that we uh, later uh, have help us to uncover different parts of the map. So part of me actually really wonders if we... I don't think we'll ever go back to Atlantica in the series to progress, being there's always new Disney movies and Pixar movies to attend to, and I know that we have so much more out there, new release-wise than to return to more of the older stuff. So it's a bit of a bummer. I would love to see a Kingdom Hearts 3 version of Atlantica. Um, Just seeing the fishes swim around. I mean, I'd I'd imagine it'd be kind of like how Pirates of the Caribbean was in 3. And just seeing different merfolk, just talking to them, seeing, talking to more of King Triton's daughters, because he had like a, at least a handful of daughters, I I believe in the, in the movie. And it's just in the story. There's like a, I can't remember. There's like a, book that talks about the the, um, the more of the lore of Atlantica or just the little mermaid in general but yeah King Triton who's who's the wife where why why don't any of these so many of these Disney stories rarely have like both parents that are alive still by the end of the movie it's very sad very sad 
but it's one of those Disney classic tropes. So what are you going to do? All right. So upon it's kind of funny, too, because when you go to Atlantica, another thing that people say about it negatively is that Atlantica is one of the only I think it's the only world you can actually just flat out skip. And there's nothing crazy that happens in the story, like because Ariel is not even a princess of heart. She's not viewed as a princess of heart in this game. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we'll elaborate on that at the future date. But I mean, she literally is a princess. And this is also a debate that people have or a complaint, I should say, where um, Alice of Wonderland, Alice of Wonderland is a princess of heart considered to be one. But Ariel isn't a literal princess. But my thing is, just because she's not a princess doesn't mean her heart condition doesn't fit the description because to be a princess of heart, you need to have uh, a heart of pure light, no void of darkness. So look at what Ariel did in Atlantica. She let this selfish selfishness take over her for uh, take over and she ended up betraying her father and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, does that, disqualify her from being a princess of heart maybe not maybe not that single action but honestly i think it's mainly based around just her overall heart condition because just because she had that one instance doesn't mean she or let me rephrase that she has that one instance that we see but that doesn't mean that that has been the only instance she's had and as we see as we've seen with riku with him um, I shouldn't really worry about spoilers because if you, I mean, why are you listening to this if you don't know? <laughs> or if or if it doesn't really matter to you. But, I mean, if you don't know, play the game or at least watch the story so far and then come back because I don't want to be blamed for <laughs> spoiling anything for you. But um, either way, it's all good. I, I love I love uh, talking to you guys. So, um, as we've seen with Riku, he has he was the original wielder he was meant to be the original wielder of the kingdom key but choosing the darkness that one singular action voided him being the chosen wielder overall of the kingdom key now he was still able to use it from time to time until sora got his act right um you know had more character development but or was it just a plot was it just for the plot? I don't know. But either way, I thought it was a really awesome scene, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and one thing, too, I got to mention this before I forget, because I'm probably going to forget. So one TikTok video I saw about this was Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Kingdom Hearts 1. Donald and Goofy technically were not Sora's friends until they made that choice to return to Sora in his hour of need. Right when Riku was literally about to murk this dude, really about to just destroy body his 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 best friend that he grew up with, and Sora or Donald and Goofy just came in and boom. That was a lot of people believe that was the that was the exact moment that Sora, Donald, and Goofy became true friends because before that, as we see, Donald and Goofy reluctantly leave Sora, but they realize they have a mission to follow the wielder of the key to help out their king who you know is their king they can't they can't not help out their king and yeah they give up on the key to save sora 
And fortunately for them, Sora ended up getting the key back. So I just thought that was interesting. I never thought about that before. Of course, I always thought about, dang, Donald really just walked out on me and Goofy was a sheep doing the same thing. It's kind of crazy because, like, Don- Goofy doesn't even say anything. He just walks off. <laughs> I think he says something, but it's, it's not even anything to Sora. I think, no, 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 He does, like, he is reluctant. He does look at Sora and then he just walks off. And then at least Donald says sorry and he walks off. But I get it, you know, it's he, he Goofy was speechless. But anyway, I there's plenty of time to talk about that when we get to Hollow Bastion. Hollow Bastion is one of my favorite worlds, and there's so much awesomeness that happens in that world. So let's go back to Atlantica. Uh, to my knowledge, Atlantica is the only world that is skippable in the game. Um, technically, it's actually skippable in Kingdom Hearts 2 as well. Most of the time, unless I'm getting Atlantica, I skip... I skip it. I I can't stand Atlantica and Kingdom Hearts 2. But, yeah. So, going off from that, I'll end it with this. I really wish... I hope someone mods this in the future where we can see Kingdom Hearts Atlantica, Kingdom Hearts 1 Atlantica in the Unreal Engine. That's going to be so dope. But, yeah. So, I'm actually going off of some uh, Kingdom Hearts wiki stuff just so I can grasp some of the, you know, the daily things that we love with this game. Just finding out the facts, uh, the behind-the-scenes type stuff. I love behind-the-scenes stuff. So let's take a look at what we have here regarding the story, the setting, and if there's any other any other things here. I'm scrolling down the list, and I'm not seeing any fun facts. But then again, I'm on... I'm on, I'm not on Wikipedia, and that's where it has the best stuff. I feel uh, fandom is actually really good too. I love the fandom wiki, but um, let me take a look at this real quick. So let's see, Atlantica Kingdom Hearts Wikipedia, because Wikipedia is kind of weird to navigate sometimes when it comes to this stuff. I don't know why. I guess it's mainly because it takes me mainly to the fandom first above all else but that's not really a bad thing um i'm not really seeing anything yeah well that's fine i can always talk about it at a different point or if you guys have any ideas too if there's any cool things that you've seen uh as far as like oh things you didn't know about atlantica or or, you know just random things that we don't well we may not know just facts or whatever that you would like to let me know um i would love to mention in a future episode one thing i did want to mention though is in the atlantica movie (laughs) atlantica movie they probably would call it atlantica if they no they're they're calling it little mermaid because that's coming out live action sometime anyway i'm I'm, dude i'm going off back and forth like crazy (laughs) i'm a little hyper today i don't know why um so going off with the uh, the movie that I was going to say with uh, Little Mermaid. I love that in the movie, there's a little cameo of Donald and... No, I think it's Goofy. I think it's just Goofy in the crowd. If when Whenever um, whenever Triton is f- kind of swimming amongst the crowd, you, you, you can pause it and you see Goofy. But that's one of those things that pretty much everyone knows if you've watched those facts videos by now. But here we go. 
So Atlantica has been, we're talking about the setting here, Atlantica has been the most drastically changing world throughout Kingdom Heart, throughout the Kingdom Hearts games. In each game it appears, its gameplay is differently, is changed, um, is completely different, excuse me. So in Kingdom Hearts, Ariel joins Sora as a party member and things carry out much like any other world, with the exception that the controls are different to fit Sora's new form. You're also restricted from using special attacks such as Ars Arcanum, uh, for instance, and in Chain of Memories, Sora doesn't change form at all. All the world is treated like all the other worlds, which is kind of weird because if we're if these are visiting the the memories, Sora should be in his merman form because he was never in Atlantica as a regular person because Donald literally had to use his magic to change them so they could breathe underwater and you know actually be okay with the scary horrific pressure of being underwater that deep. <laughs> So, whatever. But I get it. I know they probably were like, yeah, people were complaining about Atlantica, so let's change it. But then they go to Kingdom Hearts 2 and just make it a, a high school mu musical type world. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So, I do like that with Atlantica. It, it's, it, it has a sprawling desi design that requires special things to navigate successfully from dealing with uh, these clams. Some of them deal, some of them need different types of magic. So like yellow being uh, some yellow being lightning, fire being with red, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of a foreshadow to how you need to fight Ursa later on in the game. This is something I just literally thought about. And I don't know if it was done on purpose, if that was meant to be a foreshadow, like a, a little subtle thing, or if that was just, hey, I mean, why not? Um, so there's actually, I think, only one trinity in this world, too, which makes sense because the other ones require, the, the, the requirements you need to do some of these, it wouldn't really work quite in those current forms. Now, a red trinity would make sense because you're just crashing into each other to do it. Um, but the White Trinity, that's the only Trinity that exists in this world, which I believe gives you an uh, item for Donald, one of his weapons. I don't remember it being that good. I could be wrong. That'd be a gummy piece. I can't remember. But anyway, it's really interesting how they did it like that. There's also some shortcuts you can make by hitting these, like, explosive sea, ur sea urchins. I mean... Last time I checked, sea urchins don't explode, but maybe that's not what it is. It just looks like a huge uh, sea urchin, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So going into the story, uh, Sora, Donald, Goofy arrive on this on this strange new world, and we see the grotto. It's it's actually really interesting how they have it. It's almost like one of those snowballs where you have the this huge rock fixture that is a border to the war world and you can see inside it you can see atlantica and i forget who says it first i think sora says something like oh man this is we gotta we we really i guess the, it's just nothing but water i guess we gotta move on or something like that and donald says nah not with my magic we won't drown and actually i don't think sora even says that i think sora says it's just oh no 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 donald is like all right get ready for landing and then Sora says, oh, wait, it's all water. We're going to drown. And then Donald says, not with my magic, which I have to keep addressing this because, Donald, your your magic is either wishy-washy or you're just lazy. Why? Why in Frozen, in the Frozen world, in uh, Arendelle, why could you not make a, a coat for you guys, for, for Sora, who is literally freezing to death, but you can turn you guys 
into sea creatures and monsters in Monsters, Inc. And then toys in Toy Story. I highly doubt your magic is wishy-washy. You were just lazy. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Donald. All right. So anyway, um, so they they go into the Atlantica world. And it kind of bums me out that we never really see the gummy ship. We never really see the gang ever board the gummy ship or uh, depart from it. They always kind of just appear in the world. But we finally get like a snippet of how it works. And I believe finally in three, when Riku does it, we never really see him get out of the ship, but we see the gummy ship land and we see him like a few feet away from it. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's a weird thing. We never really, I would like to see that, like see more gummy ship scenes. But anyway, um, so we're kind of like getting our bearings. Uh, Goofy is kind of just like, what's going on? I think he's like spinning in place or something or trying to swim. Donald is completely upside down. And we qu- we quickly meet up with Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And they're on the run from, you guessed it, Heartless. So we uh, have to take them out real quick. And actually, no, I think, no, 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 no. They run to us first. I'm sorry. I'm sh- my memory is shot. I haven't played this world in forever. I probably should do that, but I, uh, it's tricky finding the time. So before each episode, I should say. Um, so with this, we actually have it where they run to us first, and we they ask, "Oh, you guys are new. Where are you guys from?" And Sora does the most obvious line I've ever heard. <laughs> We're from. Uh, 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 a world, uh, I mean, a uh, 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 sea from uh, another far away, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Sora, I get it. You're a pure boy. You, you don't lie. I, I much, much respect for you. But, dude, come on, man. All you had to say was we're just, we're from far away. It's obvious you got the sea creature body parts. You didn't have to say all of that. All I had to say was we're just from far away we know we're, we're, we're new to these waters that's all you had to say buddy but i get it it's not something he's used to and i i do appreciate that scene honestly because it, it shows sora's character um how pure he is and you know of course of course he's got the kingdom key man so after this sebastian actually gives us a little tutorial of how to swim so he has um who is it? He has Flounder. He has Flounder fly around. Fly around. Wow. He has Flounder swim around from high up to below to middle ground just so we can get our bearings of how the uh, swimming kind of works. And honestly, it's not bad. It's could have been better. Yeah. But I mean, for their first outing into this world, it wasn't bad. I never had any issue with it. And I thought it was kind of cool. But I do admit the moment I'm out and back to my regular Sora form, I'm happy. But I'm I'm happy either way. But I'm more happy as regular Sora. <laughs> so then we're attacked by the group of Heartless, which Sora and, you know, Don and Goofy quickly dispatch. And with this, Ariel is kind of concerned. She feels that the oceans are clearly not safe. We are requested to help accompany them to her father's palace to see what can be done to take care of these crazy creatures. And I got to admit, I really like the design of the Heartless here, especially the big kind of anglerfish. And it's not really an anglerfish. It's more like, actually, is it? Because th- I'm pretty sure it has that that little thing with the light bulb. And then it carries the little 
the little uh other heartless with the I keep I keep thinking other words that aren't fitting, but it's not that. Well, I think they're all cool from the squid looking ones to those and just the ones with the harpoons that just swim remarkably fast at you with them and try to stab. It's just it's really cool. I think I like those the most. And I do appreciate the fact that you can use magic underwater because, I mean, it's magic. I mean, it's not like it's SpongeBob where you're just defying the laws of physics just because. I mean, in a way you kind of are, but it's, I mean, isn't all magic that defying the laws of physics? Whatever. Unless it's Iron Man who says magic is just science that, you know, we haven't discovered yet. Whatever. Uh, So going with this. We are on our way. We we make our way through the palace. The Ariel te- or make our way to the palace. Ariel just Ariel Ariel. Why do I keep mispronouncing her name? So she points out that we just got to follow the Tritons on the on the walls of this area of these areas, and it'll point us to the. Uh, it points us to Atlantica, and I gotta admit. While a lot of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts feel small, especially Wonderland, I do like with Atlantica, you feel like you really are in the ocean. If you look out, you can just see out into the waters. And I mean, Traverse Town is the same. Uh, Deep Jungle is the same, too. But you st- I, I f- like I said, it, a lot of these worlds mainly feel empty just because of the fact that there's no there's no people. There's no other animals or anything excluding like Sabor or um, the card uh, knights or whatever they are in Wonderland etc etc so we get to do that and eventually we get to find out that there's a dolphin randomly swimming around just a lone dolphin in this whole ocean and a shark but we run into him later and the dolphin we find out can take us to uh, these other places uh, through this water that has a lot stronger current that we can't swim through just yet and eventually we find ourselves passing places like um this to ariel's grotto grotto her uh, home away from home where she collects a lot of cool trinkets from the outside world you know up where they walk up where they talk up where they sing all day in the sun longing to be wish i could crap i forgot the lyrics (laughs) i tried um so at this point, we end up going to the palace and King Triton just dispatches the heartless that are trailing behind us. And you could feel that lightning bolt or whatever he struck those things with. I remember the the whole screen shakes. They're just completely eradicated and the controller shakes. It's just like, ooh. imagine if King Triton was turned into a heartless. I would I would love to see that. Like, could, could you imagine how powerful he would be? Sheesh! I mean, I know it's main. I know it's mainly the Triton that makes him strong, but dude, have you seen this guy? His muscles—he's like the buffest dude in Kingdom Hearts. The buffest dude in Disney. One of the buffest. Beast. I think Beast has him beat, honestly, without the Triton. But that's neither here nor there. Um. So at this point, we have a little discussion. Uh. Uh, what's this trident I, I keep saying trident when I want to say trident I keep saying I almost want to say Poseidon as well but if I remember correctly Triton is Poseidon's son I think and as far as that lore goes but I might be wrong I might have I might have it switched switched around so Sora kind of asks around I think 
Goofy mentions it too about the keyhole, how they're here looking for a, a thing called the keyhole. And shoot, shoot, Triton, Triton just shoots it down. He's like, dude, I, what? I've never heard of such a thing. You, whatever, whatever you're looking for, it ain't here, man. You should just go on about your business. He just has this, he just has this uh, defensive attitude. He's just shutting us down. And it's just not a good look at all. He's being a very horrible host. And he grounds Ariel. Ariel, 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 Ariel. That's Ariel. Sheesh, this is going to be an annoying episode, I know, for people who have the same issue I do whenever people mispronounce names. Oof. I remember I, tur- I turned off a video on YouTube once when someone said Xehanort. Or no, they said Xehanort or something like that. It was really weird. And I was just like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> they were just, it was like a top 10 list and Kingdom Hearts was in there and he said like Xehanort or something. I'm like, nope, I'm done. No thanks. I still like your video, but nope, I'm done watching it. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember why she, I'm trying to remember why he grounds her. It's something stupid. It's, it's, I guess he, oh, cause she left the castle grounds or something like that, knowing it was dangerous, I believe. And she sneaks off to her grotto and that's when we, you know, follow her to talk to her and she kind of pretty much talks about how her and her father have these issues, how he doesn't really let her be her, honestly. He's just not really being the dad that she needs, per se, or at least the dad that she believes she needs. Being overbearing, overprotective, what have you. And after this, she we get to explore her little grotto, find little trinkets here and there. We can find a chest or two lying about. And then we see this little mysterious mark on the wall. And it looks like, oh, a trident. A, a particular trident would fit there. But it looks a little small. Maybe not tri- maybe not Triton's trident. But maybe a replica, replica of sorts. So, at this point, we actually get a chance to um, explore a little bit. We get to leave the grotto because Ariel decides, you know what? I need to get out of this slump. I'm going to still uh, help you guys find this keyhole against her father's wishes. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. She wanted to help Ariel. She wanted to help herself. What? Ariel wanted to help Sora find the keyhole. And that's when Triton says, dismisses it tomorrow and grounds Ariel. You're forbidden from finding this thing, which obviously means he's hiding something because why would you be so dismissive over something like this, like that? So yeah, you're pretty. You're you're not so sneaky, Triton. You're you're hiding something, and it's not you know bad Triton. And regardless of this, um, I think Donald and Goofy kind of talk to her and say, "Are you sure you want to do this against your?" Actually, I think it was Sora that uh, addressed this, and that's when she goes off like, eh, "Who cares? He's he may be my dad, but he shoot. I need to. I need to be. My, I need to be myself. He's overprotective." And at this point, this is when we can start using the dolphin to go through this little area in the main area of the um, outside of the spawns, outside of the entry that we came into this world. And that's when we can actually uh, be taken to a sunken ship where we end up finding a shining crystal trident that looks like it might fit in that little spot in the grotto. Huh. Good stuff. 
but it wasn't so easy acquiring this. You know why? Because after we get to the dolphin, which is kind of interesting, I like how with the dolphin we have to clear the area of Heartless to ride it. And I never quite got this part completely. I don't know if this part is actually right or not, but at some point, I don't remember if you have to just like uh, take away the Heartless in the area, at least where the dolphin is going. And then when you go to the next area, you'll see the dolphin follow you to the to Ariel's Grotto. Or if it's, I can't remember. But either way, at some point, you can make the dolphin follow you to the grotto. But we have to go through the area that has that huge current in that main hub area. And going to the left, that's when we find, oh, there's a sunken ship here. And it always makes you wonder, is this the sunken ship that Ariel... No, it couldn't have been because Ariel finds Philip. Is it Philip? No, I don't think it's Philip. Well, either way, the, the prince of that movie. I believe, no, because the ship that he is saved from happens in Kingdom Hearts 2. Because she doesn't even mention the dude in 1, so obviously it has to be 2. Because obviously she wouldn't have gone a whole, a, whole, a whole game without mentioning him, if she knew him. So, um, or at least knew enough of him to, you know, not help us out. <laughs> And instead be drawn to him. So at this point, we are like, okay, a sunken ship. There must be something salvageable in this thing. So we go through. And as we do, we find out we're not alone in these waters. I think you remember me mentioning a shark before. Ooh. At this point, I'm, I'm basically expecting a Disney version of the Jaws theme. And a really, really, really cool part of the game that they didn't have to do but I really like it 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 still kind of gives me shivers to this to this day where I'm not scared necessarily but just the oof just the just the uh, what's it called just the atmosphere that they build for this part here is after you go into the ship you find a couple treasure chests on uh, one in the main area and then I believe there's two hidden underneath this little hole at the bottom of the ship and after you get the trident uh, after you open the first chest on the middle level, I mean, the chest opens and you f and you see the trident, and it's this little small little trinket. And after you b get that, you actually can. Oh wait a minute! No 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 no! Oh, I'm sorry. This episode is kind of I'm I I'm sorry that I'm bouncing back and forth with my memories here. I gotta start just playing the levels again so I can just remember things a bit more fresh or watch somebody play it again like uh, Spaghetti Bros or something but anyway um, what happens is when you go to the chest then the shark comes and bursts through the ship trying to bite at you realizing it can't it swims back out and obviously waits for your inevitable um, leave from the ship and then you can get the chest so that was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool scare I wouldn't say it was a jump scare necessarily Actually, I guess I would say it was a jump scare. It was really nice. It was really intense. And, of course, every time that happens, I remember when I first played this game, I was thinking, dude, I'm scared. I don't want to fight this shark. It's going to be really crazy. But, of course, the first couple of times you play the game, of course, you're going to be, especially playing at the age I played it at, I was I was nervous. I was, I was scared. <laughs> and apparently this guy's name is Glut. I don't remember I don't remember what role he played in the first in the movie. I know there's like I think three three little mermaid movies, but 
or maybe two. There's at least two. And you actually get to fight this guy. You get to fight the shark. And he's a reoccurring boss, kind of like Sabor was, which is really cool. And if you're not careful, he can he can mess you up if you're especially if you're underleveled. So usually as I fight him, I just put on uh arrow. I love arrow. I'm so bummed arrow never returned in this series. It might have came in I think it might have been around in Chain of Memories, but after that, it was just gone, which is such a shame. But um yeah, arrow was so good. But yeah, you fight him, and then after that, you actually get to take the Triton. Obviously, you go back to the grotto, and you try to place it there. I believe we actually did place it there, but before it can actually interact and you know set in place, Triton himself bursts in and destroys it with the same kind of blast that he took out the Heartless. So Ario just looks at him like, just distraught, how could you she says as she just swims away out of the place and i mean why not she he comes in bursting in and destroys something of hers just it just messing up her privacy it's just like dude what are you doing man and he basically just says i told you not to go out and find this thing and that's when he destroys it so of course at this point triton turns to us taking this opportunity to explain that he knows sora and the rest are not here um for well he believes we're not here for good things he realizes that you know sora is a keyblade we're where uh keyblade bearer excuse me and he claims that the keyblade only brings destruction and informs them that there's no, we have no further business here in Atlantica, that there's no reason for us to really be here. And Goofy tries to, you know, um, reassure Triton that, dude, Sora's not like that. He is a good guy. We've fought, we fought back to back with this guy for nearly two thirds, over two thirds of the game now. I think I know what I'm talking about, essentially. But Triton just doesn't want to hear it. And this is one of those mysteries of Kingdom Hearts that never is really explained. How and how how does Triton even know about the Keyblade bearers? How old is this dude that he knows? Because before this, we had uh, ten years prior, we had um, Mickey, Terra, Aqua, and Vin, and then of course um, Ericus and. Uh, Xehanort, but of course they're not addressed by name at all uh, for obvious reasons they technically didn't exist around this time um oh lore wise they obviously existed but in the as far as the game itself is concerned these characters did not exist there was only one keyblade keyblade bearer at the time and it was sora but it makes you wonder like who was the keyblade bearer that triton had he must have had a run-in with a keyblade bearer at one point and judging by how Unchained Key ended, there's only a few people he could have run into. But I don't know. It just makes me wonder. But I remember, too, it did bring some cool fan art of, like, Terra, Aqua, and Vin visiting Atlantica. Because I, m- I remember back then that was the theory that at one point, one of the, you know, at one point, these guys were going to go to Atlantica and probably run into Venetus, who would, you know, cause havoc. And Triton would see he has this strange key. And then, you know, the others enlighten him, but he's kind of like, no, you guys are, you know, everything was fine until you guys got here, et cetera, and just blame key bearers in general. 
that would have been kind of cool. It's, it's a shame that we never got that story, but it, it does make it more interesting that it wasn't those three or four, I should say. It was someone else from the Unchained Key era that must have had a run-in with Triton. And we'll probably not really get an answer to this ever, but it's always it's always a cool food-for-thought type deal. So at this point, Ariel is by herself. We're kind of just trying to figure out where she is. And I do like, too, at this point, we have... Um, we have Sebastian. I forgot to mention this earlier. When Ariel was talking to the gang about how um, how she feels about her dad, how he, she feels that she's how how, he, how she feels that he's not really being too cool. You see Sebastian like the, the camera zooms in on him um, listening in in the in the shadows. And he's kind of you see this look on his face where he's like, man, I feel for you. And I think that's why he kind of helps us later on, because, of course, Triton wouldn't have let him do that any other way so i thought that was kind of cool but so so far we haven't really dealt with too much story elements from the actual movie that's why i said loosely um at the beginning the only part that's really based off the movie is the following sequences and even then it's um the latter half of the movie which is interesting i like how they i really do like how they handle this version of um, Atlantica it's actually while I have my issues with Tarzan's world as far as the story goes I still like it but I feel like this was one of the best hybrids of Disney and um, Kingdom Hearts lore because you have a good mixture of taking from the movie but Sora and Donna Goofy fit in it pretty well and you mix in the Kingdom Hearts lore that just makes the world all the more interesting instead of it just being, hey, let's just throw Donald Goofy in there in the Disney movie that, you know, didn't have them originally, like, unfortunately, we had in uh, other installments. But I thought that was a really good instance. And with this, while Ariel is kind of, I wouldn't say grieving, but just venting, just crying, eh, maybe gr- uh, not really grieving, but just off on her own, just sad. She's approached by the evil sea witch Ursula, who promises the mermaid princess that she can help her get to other worlds. But in order to do so, she needs Triton's trident. She also reveals during this time that Sora, Donna, and Goofy are from another world. So she has proof that doing it is possible. And with their help, basically, I think that's why she brought it up is because, you know, they're they're from another world. They can help get you to another world but we as a starting point i need the trident to make it that way for everyone so unfortunately ario believes so and ends up stealing the trident and i'm at this point i'm kind of wondering dude triton where were you at my boy this kingdom is being attacked by heartless and you just left the trident just behind your throne you couldn't tuck that under a under a rock or something buried under some sand and come back to it what were you doing we're taking a bathroom bake or something if i was triton i would have had that triton with me wherever i went dude like literally that thing puts whoever wields it into power and it's not even it's not even a thor mjolnir type deal with where whoever's worthy can wield this hammer no any tom dick and harry is that is that the phrase can wield this thing and use well maybe not because ursula 
Has anyone else used it besides Triton and Ursula? What even is Ursula? I know she's a she's like an octopus type hybrid being, but is she a special? Is she like a goddess in her own right, like Triton is, like a god, or is she just? I don't remember. I know th- they're not siblings. I don't believe they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. I, I, either way, maybe maybe not. No, 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 no. Because uh, Eric is it Eric? Yeah, because Philip is. Who's Philip? Yeah, Prince Eric. I'm pretty sure Prince Eric is I'm just all over the place. Good lord. But even so, like, well, technically, with Prince Eric, he used the Trident too. And what made it crazy was it was small when he grabbed it, and then he tossed it, and then it grew and pierced completely through Ursula. You know dang well this dude does not have an arm that good to to do that. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know Prince Eric personally. Maybe he does have just some really good, you know, wide receiver arms. Oh, no, not wide receiver. Uh, what's that? What's that dude called? Quarterback. Yeah. So <laughs> wide receiver. It's in the name. He receives out in the wide area. Oh, that was stupid. All right. So <laughs> um, with this part, I thought it was actually kind of cool. And it makes me think even more so since he was able to wield it, that anyone could wield this trident. So Triton Dude, you're just folding this whole Triton is Triton is really not a likable dude in this level in this game. I can you can kind of understand his plight, but at the same time, dude, you're you're a jerk in this game and just stupid. <laughs> anyway, so it's just behind, just floating behind his throne. She sneaks in and steals it. And gives it to Ursula, who unfortunately uses it to injure Triton before retreating to her lair. And interestingly enough, Triton is only injured in this version. We don't get him turning into one of those little gray things that we see him turn into in the second game, which I thought was an interesting choice. But it makes me wonder, how injured was he really? (laughs) I feel like... I feel like he was like, yeah, I'm kind of too embarrassed to fight her. Kind of like how Hulk was. Remember in, in Infinity War when Hulk got bodied by Thanos in just a few hits and just refused to fight for the rest of the battle? What if, <laughs> I hate to think about this, but what if Triton was just like that? He got beaten for like the first time in his life and he's like, you know what? I'm good. I think I'm going to sit this one out. You guys do you. You're capable. You got a Keyblade. Like I said, it brings ruin. You do your thing. I'm just going to chill over here. And if I'm needed, which I hope not, but if I'm needed, I'll be there. Maybe. Not really. I'm going to go take a nap. I I actually did get hurt pretty bad. (laughs) I don't know. He's going to sleep it off. So, I don't know. I just not thought about that. And I'm just like, it makes sense. Honestly, the way we've seen Triton so far. So, yeah. Now it's up to Sword Dawn and Goofy to go in pursuit and make things right. But of course, Ariel is Ariel. Why do I keep mispronouncing her name? Oh, there's a fly in here. Ah, whatever. So of course, she feels bad. She knows this is her fault and wants to atone. So she joins our crew. And might I say, she's one of the most capable teammates in the game. Like, honestly, I don't have any issues with any of the teammates in the game. Like, yeah, Donald doesn't really heal us too good in this game. But I mean, unless you tweak the settings of his AI... If you tweak it in the settings, he can actually be very, very reliable. A lot more reliable than the default settings. I don't know if anyone ever realized that, but you can you can edit 
the frequency of how he uses his items, if he's more uh, offensive or defensive. And if you do that, I remember there was a time where he was always the first to heal me. And I'm like, dude, Donald legitimately comes in clutch. You just got to know how to tweak him. But yeah, he can he can actually be pretty legit in one. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone who's ever really I don't think there's anyone in one that I was like, yeah, I, I can take or leave him. Because let's see, who do you have? You have Tarzan, you have Aladdin, you have Ariel and Jack. I think that's it. Because in Wonderland, you don't have, you don't have anyone extra, and Olympus, you don't have anyone extra, and then Alabastian, of course, you don't. Oh, Peter Pan too. Yeah, Peter Pan, also really good. So yeah, honestly, they're all really great. Even throughout the series, I never really had that issue. But yeah, so we end up going and making our way to her lair, and at this point, I believe this is when we unlock the this is when we unlock the dolphin swim we don't really where we don't need to use the dolphin anymore so instead of no 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 we have to go to where the sunken ship is and then at this point there is this little cavern hidden behind this big rock and there's a little button you got to push to get in there so having sebastian with us he's able to squeeze into this little divot to hit this button so we can go through and head over to where ursula is hiding out and might I say, it definitely looks like a bad guy's lair. She essentially hid out in the in this in in the in this body, the skeleton of this massive sea creature. And it really makes you wonder, did she build this or was this literally a sea creature she just repurposed as a lair? Which I might add is incredibly awesome for a bad guy. If you if you saw like if you saw like a good guy doing that, I'm sorry they are not a good guy. They are bad. That's just that's just nothing you unless maybe the good guy was trying to use it as a trap. I'm thinking too much into this. So, we go through this and it's uh like all the Kingdom Hearts world, it's another really faithful recreation of what we saw in the movie. The environment is beautiful, the 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 lighting, the darkness. You see more of those little dark uh, gray creatures at the bottom and it makes you wonder who are the rest of these are they are, is that are these all the people of Atlantica that she just kept hijacking if anything Triton you're looking more worse as we go on why didn't you go and save your people is that why Atlantica is so empty because Ursula is over here just hijacking people sheesh or kidnapping people technically but whatever sheesh so we get to go here and we make our way through and we find ursula's little hq area at the far end of this hideout so which is kind of funny like uh donald and goofy or no donald and sebastian team up and they're like hey get out of here your time has come they're just talking mad stuff ursula comes out with this massive glare and they're just like, ah, just freaked out. And you ma it makes me wonder, is it because she looks intimidating or is she just that ugly? Or is it both? Is she so ugly she's intimidating? I don't know. So this battle is pretty wild. Going from having to mess with her cauldron that you have to hit it with certain magic and correlating with the spell like we had to do with the... Um, 
with the seashells earlier. So if it's red, you know, hit it with fire, blue, blizzard, etc., etc., and eventually you are able to break that bind that she has that keeps her from uh, being invincible. So at that point, you can whack at her for a while, and when she's done being whacked at, <laughs> she just spins around like a like a like a Beyblade and just invincible. Um, this battle was actually really well done too, because in in case you didn't properly prepare for this battle, you know if you don't have any uh, MP left, you can just keep attacking Floatsome and Jetsome who are in the battle as well, and doing that gives you more uh, MP. And honestly, at this point, if you don't have if you don't have any MP gain abilities where you can you know every hit you take or every hit you make, you get more MP. Yikes, you are in a tight spot. But fortunately, I think they did handle this battle really well. It's very simple but very but it it's very simple with a with a seasoning with a hint of complexity that makes it very refreshing compared to what we've dealt with before where it's typically whack 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 until the, you know, battle's over. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. I just thought that was refreshing. And of course, Ariel Ariel, oh my gosh, Ariel does her thing. My favorite move of hers is when she just spins like a Beyblade herself. And part of me makes me wonder who came up with the move first. <laughs> was it Ursula or was it Ariel? But uh, yeah, after that, she retreats before she eventually, you know, she retreats before it's too late. And Flotsam and Jetsam, I believe we just flat out annihilate them, if I remember correctly. They just turn into bubbles <laughs> And Ursula's just like, whoa, and just flees after that. Makes me wonder, how did they return in two then? But then again, if Oogie Boogie can return after what happened to him and Maleficent at this point, even though her return was um, explained further in Unchained Key, eh, whatever. So at this point, we go after. We can't go the same way she went because she just shrouded it with darkness. Um, but we're able to take um, another route. And instead of going... Uh, left up that crazy current path to get to the uh, shipwreck area we go back that way and make uh, we actually go straight instead which would have been the right if we went up the current um, originally and this is when we find her in this abyss and another harsh battle commences so this this chick now uses the full power of the trident to her ability at least at this point and she grows to be the size of Atlantica herself. And it really makes me wonder how the four of us were able to take this chick down. It just, it, it, I like, don't get me wrong. I know these guys are formidable, but good Lord, as big as she was, it was like attack on Titan underwater. Sheesh. So I guess at that point, I mean, none of us were Aaron. We were more like Levi, I guess. Eh, whatever. And yeah, this is pretty wild. This this fight unfortunately is a little bit it doesn't it's it's fun, but I don't like it because like the scale of it is really cool and the idea of it is really cool. But it's it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of wacky because you just run up to her and just smack her in the face and she has this weird face that is it's kind of funny she gets this massive lazy eye because her eyes are trying to stay on top of you but occasionally her one eye will go from left to right while the other eye is you know staying in place and it's like whoa 
what are you having a seizure like what's going on here um and it's actually it's actually really tough it's i think in my opinion it's definitely a lot tougher because she has attacks where she'll just rain down lightning on you she'll fire these bubbles at you which i i don't understand why these bubbles would hurt but there's that and she'll actually try to suck you into her mouth and bite you and usually what i would try to do is swim behind her just smack her neck meat but it's it's hard to do that because she's always moving always rotating which is cool i'm glad they added that in there too so you can't really like abuse that method so it's it's actually an okay battle i i like the original one better but the scale of this one is actually really cool and it's good it's a good send-off for this character in this world and once you do that um I guess she's not able to focus on the power of the trident anymore and starts losing the power and for some reason starts drowning underwater even though she's a sea creature. I don't get it. Um, And she inks. She inks herself and there's just ink everywhere and at that point you kind of feel nasty because where did that ink come from? I, 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 I know the ink comes from the bottom of the squid but I don't want to know what bottom like what hole did that come out of does it come out the booty does it come out another hole that that that, you know squids and octopuses have i don't know and it would it be the same hole for ursula i i this is just i don't want to know why am i still talking about it i don't know but yeah that happens and it just oof it's wacky so fortunately we're able to do that we're able to take her out uh she kind of just disappears in the uh, ink and it looks like she met her demise but clearly you know we it, it's it's a type of demise we see that something that she could easily probably it's something that we wouldn't be surprised that she would survive because there's no lethal blow really happening she's kind of just shrinking losing her power over the trident and just vanishes within the darkness so yeah, I think hers was the most plausible as to why she was able to return her and Jafar, honestly. But um, with this, we're able to take, uh, we're able to retrieve the Triton, I should say. It's just there floating again in the water. And we're able to return it to Tri- Triton, who is actually kind of nice now. He he realized, you know, we did the dirty work for him. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I wasn't so, uh, maybe I was a little too hard on you guys. And he actually ends up thanking us and saying, you know what? How about we use my trident to do what you guys want? Because, you know, it's a trident. It has, it has I, I, w- I would like to think it has more power than that crystal little trinket you had. And, you know, obviously he doesn't say that, but that's what I'm, I'm sure he was thinking. And fortunately, despite the crystal being broken, we're able to use the, we're able to harness the power of the trident and use that to lock the keyhole to, um, in Ariel's grotto, grotto, excuse me, and Atlantica is fortunately safe from being destroyed by the Heartless. Well, their, their, the world's heart is safe from the Heartless, I should say. So, preceding this, Ariel actually asks Sora what his world is like, and Sora takes the opportunity to also apologize for lying to her. And Ariel forgives him with a smile, and confident that she knows she'll make it to another world someday and it's really nice because it's it it ends kind of like how she ends her song um 
part of your world where she just swims up to the top of the grotto, just looking ever so um, blissfully and optimistic out into the water, which I thought was really cool. And um, it makes it, it's just sweet. The, the nice little touches and the nice grotto music that we have is just so beautiful. And the music to Atlantic Gun in general is really nice. And I love that. I can't stress this enough. I love how each world is able to manage. Yoko, you are a beast. You're able to capture the Disney magic in each world by mixing together, harmonizing perfectly, syncing together perfectly these original tunes with um, other themes that are for the Kingdom Hearts series. You're able to make them one and the same, which is just phenomenal. So at this point, um, we're done with Atlantica. Um, Ariel gives us the Crab Claw, which, I, I mean, in recent years, I've actually liked it a lot more. It's it's mainly a blue keyblade with a, a little crab at the end, uh, kind of a, an homage to Sebastian, I would say. And R.I.P. too, because on a, the voice actor for him actually just died this year. So I don't know what else he did outside of the role of Sebastian, but he brought some really vivid life to that character and it just really unique. I really liked what he did. I don't know if he reprised his role for one. I know a lot of people did technically, but yeah. So that is Atlantica in this game. And I thought it was actually really cool. The... the th I think there's, there's no real issue I have with Atlantica in one. And it's one of those worlds where I really take heart in venturing to. And kind of like how Traverse Town is, it's one of those worlds I just want to explore. I just want to explore with Ariel. Just have her give me a tour and just show me what are the fun places? Where do you like to hang out? And just go from there. I think I would have had a deeper appreciation too if I watched the uh, Little Mermaid TV show growing up. But I never watched it. I don't know. I just never had interest in it. But, of course, I watched Aladdin and Hercules, but I never took the time to watch it. But I don't know. I mean, I have a daughter. Maybe she'll want to watch it. And maybe that will incline me to watch it now, too. But either way, so this has been Atlantica. Uh, usually at this point um, in my last couple of playthroughs, I've, I have used uh, Crab Claw. I've actually used it um, typically in... I've used Crab Claw in uh, in Halloween Town, which is going to be the next world that we're going to be going to. And let me look it up real quick of uh, what the stats are of this, because typically in Atlantica, typically in Atlantica, by the time I get there, I have uh, I have Aladdin's Keyblade because you don't the Keyblade you get from Monstro isn't really that good, so I usually don't use that. So usually after Atla Aladdin's World. I stick with three wishes until either I get the Pumpkin King or I get the Crab Claw. So the Crab Claw wasn't actually too bad. It's a strength of six. You get one extra MP. And honestly, looking at it now, you know, as an older as an older person, it looks it it honestly is really cool and it fits Atlantica really well. Alright, so there's that one. Let's see what the three wishes keyblade was ranked. I think the Three Wishes Keyblade was only five, so it was actually pretty good that they did that. And this is what messed. This is what made me mad about um, the Monstro Keyblade 
it's weaker than the three. I think it's either weaker than the three wishes or it's, yeah, I think, th- I think the, I think the one you get from Monstro is like five or something like that. So it's not too bad, but eh. so three wishes is actually six. Okay. So that's not too bad. Interesting. All right, so, oh, here, oh, so this is something I didn't know of. I don't know why this is the thing, but apparently in Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days, during Waxus's dream of when Sora lost his Keyblade to Riku and Hollow Bastion, the Keyblade is in its three wishes form, which is interesting. I don't know if this is legit. I don't remember that cutscene, but uh, I don't remember the cutscene, play how it played out in 358 over two days, but I know in the original Kingdom Hearts 1, whatever Keyblade you have is what it is and then when it goes to Riku it's in the kingdom key form so I guess it would make sense if it was in the three wishes form actually no it wouldn't what am I talking about (laughs) it would not if you have the three wishes at hollow bastion you are a masochist or you just really 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 love three wishes or you're also a masochist um I do like I do like the three wishes I don't really like the 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 end piece as much I think it looks a little weird but I get it's supposed to kind of shape the lamp, but not really. All right, so what is the Monstro Keyblade? I got to look that up now, and then we'll probably finish off after that. I think it's called the Geppetto. No, there's a, I think there's a thing called the Geppetto. There's a, there's a gummy ship called the Geppetto, but I don't remember what the Keyblade is called. Oh man, I don't see it. Um, let's see, Geppetto Keyblade. Loading, loading, loading. Okay, so the Wishing Star. So I don't know if I remember if I t- talked about this in the previous episode with Monstro, but just in case, uh, after you beat Monstro, you go to Traverse Town. You see that in the time you've been gone, which didn't really seem that long, but it really establishes the crazy time framing of this game um geppetto has a house that sid help him build and as a thank you geppetto gives you a couple gummy ship pieces you get a um you get a a thing what what is it called you get you get a couple things in his house i'll just leave it at that and then you get a key uh a keychain for the monstro world and i hope i didn't say you don't get a keyblade and monstro in the previous episode because you do you just get it in traverse town but it is called the wow wait why did it take me to geppetto's page i'm trying to look at the keyblade it's called the wishing star and it's actually plus five so yeah it's weaker than the three wishes so honestly if you wanted to you could still use it but i don't know i'm not really a big fan of how it looks i do like it to a degree but I don't know. It's just not one of my it's not one of my favorites, but I think it's cool. I honestly like the keyblade I like the most is as far as the weaker keyblades is the one you get with Merlin if when you master all of the uh when you master I think the first 3 key uh when you ma- when you achieve I think when you achieve the first 3 magics, which is fire, blizzard and thunder. And I don't remember what it's called though. I think it's called the spellbinder. And I don't remember what, because I don't think I mentioned that before. Let's see, Spellbinder, Kingdom Hearts. 
I think this one was actually weak. Loading, loading, loading. Yep, it's a plus four, but MP is two. So unfortunately, in Kingdom Hearts 1, it's the most notable uh, if your Keyblade doesn't have strong attack points. So usually in 1, since that doesn't have a new game plus like 3 does, I usually try to go to either the strongest or one below, especially if it has good MP or some kind of good buff that makes it worth using. So typically, like I said, I... I did use the Spellbinder in my most recent playthrough. Um, just because, you know, as I got older, I started to realize, I mean, just because it's not the strongest doesn't mean it's not a cool Keyblade. So I used that, and I tried to switch between them, going between the different worlds, and it worked out really cool. But typically at this point, I do use the Crab Claw, and then I go to Halloween Town, which is hilarious because you're in this gothic world, this literal, like... It's, it's a Tim Burton world. It's gothic, it's dark, gloomy, and here you are with this bright blue and orange keyblade standing out like a sore thumb. It's pretty hilarious, so I think that's really funny. But, yeah, overall, I think this is a really fun world. Um, if I was to have a pop figure of these characters, I think I would get... I think I would have them, honestly. I think I would have all three. Um, Man, if I could have more pop figures i would have the entire collection or not the entire collection because some of the characters i would not care to have like I, I wouldn't get a triton keyblade or a triton um i wouldn't like to have a triton uh what's it called triton pop figure but could you imagine if donald was able to get a triton mage staff or a trident ma mage staff that would be really cool i would love to see that but um, at one point, I do want to talk about the manga as well, because I've never seen how the manga. Um, I, I don't know what happens in the manga in Kingdom Hearts 1 up until the end of Agrabah. After that, I have no idea how the manga progresses. But as I've said before, the manga is phenomenal, especially Kingdom Hearts 2's manga. Uh, and I have issue one of Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'm looking forward to reading that. But I think I'll leave that here. So. Let me know how you guys feel about Atlantica. Atlantica? What in the world? Atlantica. And do you think that it is a world worth visiting in Kingdom Hearts 1? I think so. Um, and honestly, even though it's not my favorite, when I saw that um, Ariel was a uh, summon you could have in Kingdom Hearts 3, I was so happy to see her return. It was just so nice. And the way she is like an elemental, like a lot of the summons in the game, it was just, I almost shed a tear. I was just like, this is so awesome. Like she's, she's back, you know, the bond of uh, Sora with her is just great. Like how he can just summon these characters, which makes sense. Cause that's what the summons are. But uh, yeah. And if you could be, in the Atlantica world, what do you think you would be? Would you be a merman or a mermaid like uh, like Sora or Ariel? Or would you want to be more so like another creature of the deep like Donald and Goofy? Me personally, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Part of me kind of wants to be just a merman just to keep it simple. Because, I, you know, I, I would like to have my appendages mostly intact. Uh, I almost thought about being a squid for a second, but I'm like, that's too many appendages for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if I thought if I thought about it longer, maybe I think of something better. I'll reconsider it too once we get to Kingdom Hearts 2. But 
It's a shame because this is the last time I actually legitimately enjoy myself in Atlantica. But it's whatever. At least I had one very fun opportunity instead of none. So I'll leave that at there. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, do be sure to let me know. Uh, Feel free to let me know what your favorite world in Kingdom Hearts 1 is or any other cool things that you enjoy about the game when you started Kingdom Hearts. Um, How old were you? What's your favorite world? All that good stuff. Whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Feel free to send me a message on Instagram at i.escape.i or send me an email at nicklucknl at gmail.com with the subject AOK Radio. And you'll get a feature on the next episode or even be a guest if you want to. So until the wind hits our sails yet again, I will see you in the next escape. And until then, this is AOK Radio signing off. Another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see a rating, Uh, Either send me an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.